0: You ever feel like you have too many devices? You know, I don't quite <laughs> buy as many as you. So I don't feel I don't I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah, I
1: I don't know if this was like it, it felt very judgy, but um, I, I was on my new iPhone 13 Pro, and uh, I was at the gym, and I was going to play something from the TV app on uh, on the iPhone while I was working out, and. Um, There was no cell signal, and I wasn't on Wi-Fi. So I had this alert pop up that said, too many devices. To play offline content, you'll need to remove some devices from your account. And the only option from there was to to tap OK and dismiss it. And I just thought, oh, it's the TV app. You know, Mayo's favorite app, giving me a good time.
0: (laughs) But I will pause you there for one second, because there are known issues where if you're completely offline, you still can't play downloaded stuff even if you don't have these problems like it, it's one of the things i see coming up on the twitter uh the twitter complaints quite a lot is yeah. people get on a plane and then they can't play anything it just oh no I, I don't know what state i don't know exactly what like caused it to be in this state but when you launch the tv app if you're offline it's meant to just take you to the downloads tab right the library tab and nothing else but mm-hmm. it gets for some reason it thinks you're online and it just leaves you on the little like white spinner so you can't click on anything else you're just seeing the spinner go round and round and round and even yeah. you're completely offline but you can't actually get to the library to actually watch anything so that is a known issue and at first i thought that's what you were going to tell like when we were talking about this earlier in the week i was like oh yeah that issue but no this is <laughs> this is even more dumb probably yeah
1: so i i just kind of dismissed it and thought you know oh, oh that was a weird tv bug but um and then i joined the the gym's wi-fi and it worked out um but the very next day <laughs> I was I realized that my none of my music was locally downloaded on the, on the new phone, and so I, I just was tapping on some some albums to download so I'd have offline music if I ever needed it. And I got the same message: too many devices. And um, again, I, I thought I was a bug, like an iOS 15 bug um, that was happening. And um, and it, it turns out it wasn't. I, I did search on Twitter, but before kind of finding the answer to see if others were having the issue, and there was one person on on Twitter who had tweeted about the issue to, to apple support and then i found on apple's forums their support forums that they there was someone that had a similar issue as well um but when i tweeted about it people were telling me you know it's it's just like it says if you've got too many devices on your account and so i my first my first instinct was to go look at the um icloud like devices that you're signed into setting which is on the iphone the ipad in the Mac because I'm thinking like that's the only place where I ever see this anymore is the device list there. And, um, and that's and, the
0: one that's by far the most prominent, right? Cause you literally go settings, you click your face and then there's the list of your attached devices.
1: Right. And it's on all your devices.
0: <laughs> uh, but it turns
1: out that, 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 no, that wasn't the answer. It was this iTunes DRM thing where if you've had too many devices signed in with your Apple ID, like nothing to do with family sharing or family plan, family memberships of, of services. It's just if you have too many devices, you know, um, more than 10, then you can't sign in or, or you, you can't do offline downloads for, for the 11th device. Um and so I I did find this list within the music app on the Mac. Um so again TV TV app problem originally go to the music app on the Mac to fix it. Um but and and I was able to remove I think 5 of the, of the devices because they were older enough and it was stuff like things that I I I bought and sold in the last 2 or 3 years. And so I could get down to just the actually just like five that I had in my possession. Um, or or fewer than that, but, um, but that, that fixed it, but I, I couldn't find a way, I don't think it exists, a way to do that, to remove, to, to respond to that alert on the iPhone and resolve it from the iPhone. You, you, from what I can tell, you need to have a PC or or Mac with iTunes or the music app. And that's where you get to that list. I I guess what you do otherwise is you call Apple care and cross your fingers if you have the iPhone or iPad that's in that list, which you can't see without, <laughs> you can't see the list unless you're on uh, the music app or iTunes. Um, but if you have the device still, you can, you can sign out of it. But um, in this case, I couldn't tell what was even on the list and the things that were there were things that um, I, I'd i signed out of iCloud before on, but just not, I guess, the music, uh, it, it, just not, I guess, music specifically or, or something like that. So. Yeah, this
0: is... This is like a whole arcane craziness that always lives below the surface of your Apple account. But most of the time, you never have to think about it. It never becomes an issue. <laughs> yeah. But this is like one of the edge cases where it crops up because this all dates back to like the iPod and iTunes, all the way back when music had DRM, right? That when you buy, buy something from the iTunes store and they'd have DRM on it. And to get around, um, licensing issues with the uh, labels at the time, Apple kind of like negotiated this policy where you were allowed to be signed into multiple, and this is obviously predating like the iPhone and stuff, so it was multiple computers at a time, but only a maximum of five. And I think originally it was like a maximum of three and then it got up to five, you know, over the next few years or whatever. Um, so you can have a maximum of five computers signed into iTunes at any one time. And only those five computers would be authorized to play your DRM music. And then Apple ads. Movies and TV show downloads, they eventually had apps, all through the same iTunes store system, right? So they all inherit this DRM policy. Uh, I think around like the time when the iPhone came out, they actually upped it to uh, five computers, but a total of 10 devices. So right. you can have like nine iPhones and an iPad, that's fine, but you're not, you couldn't have six Macs. All signed into the music app, it wouldn't let you do it for who knows for what reason it must be in some you know contract signed in 2004 where the music label was about what what, des- <laughs> what designates a computer or not. but that's where this all comes from, and nowadays, obviously no one really uses iTunes or the iTunes store. like it still exists and maybe you uh, what you might do is might rent a movie through the TV app, but that's ultimately the iTunes store, but you never see any branding about iTunes anymore. Uh, you're probably not buying music, you're probably using Apple Music, but all these things then come up to the surface again when you do happen to, you know, randomly buy a new phone, upgrade it to something, sell one on, get a new one, and then you realise that you've hit this limit that is so hard to discern as a anyone, like, let alone us, like, a normal person would have no clue what this, what this dialogue meant. Like, at the very least, that dialogue should give you a link that could take you to like the support page that you know you eventually find if you google for long enough right but it was literally just okay (laughs) and and if the stack that you were working on wasn't you know based on servers from itunes store in 2005 with web objects and who knows what behind the whole thing you'd be able to just manage it from the phone but no what you have to do is know that an issue in the music app or an issue in the tv app of this nature related to like downloaded drm content you have to go to iTunes on a windows or mac computer and then find that special list of devices where your iTunes account is authorized with these apple ids because the 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 list of and it, it like it doesn't make sense but there is some logic in <laughs> that the list in settings you can have stuff listed there that has never been associated with music right so you could sure. have all sorts of stuff there that's just so if you have let's say you did have 10 macs they'd all appear in that Apple ID list because you're allowed to have iCloud across all the 10 Macs, right? But you you can't log into uh, like music services on 10 Macs. You'd have to have a maximum of five. So the Apple ID list is like everything that's associated with iCloud. But what you're actually looking for is your Apple IDs that have iTunes store associations are so basically authorized to play content. And, the o- and it's, in- it's insane, but the only way to actually see that list is through an actual computer. And <laughs> when you actually get to that list, It's nowhere near as nice and as modern as the list of your iCloud devices, right? Because your iCloud devices, they have like their name, they have little subtitles of the device type, they have an icon including the right wallpaper for the devices. You go to this list in iTunes and it's just like plain text labels with a remove button and then some completely obscure text that you can't remove a device within 30 days and all this other nonsense, which is all all dating back to like the stupid DRM quote safety that was instituted fifteen years ago and it still raises its head in stupid ways to this day.
1: Yes. So we raise this issue to hopefully resolve this before it happens to more people.
0: Like Apple needs to completely disconnect all of that old iTunes store stuff. Because it none of it applies anymore. Like why why were you like the tv app if you're subscribed to apple tv plus right and you're using TV downloads that has nothing to do with the music labels it has nothing to do with licensing <laughs> that's all apple's own content right all of that stuff needs to just be on a different system just like your iCloud storage is right like i don't understand why, and i can't well you know why it's technical debt and the fact that it's all built on the music store from donkey's years ago right all of this stuff any <laughs> like the tv app the music app you know, it's all just built on old iTunes Store infrastructure, but they really need to get past that. And they kind of get away with it in some areas, and then other areas like this, it, it rears its ugly head for sure. Mm-hmm. And you should have, at the very least, be able to get a dumb version of that list through your phone, even if you had to go to like a website. Like I, I, I when you ask me, like, is there a way to do this on the iPhone or the iPad? I was like, they kind of. There probably has to be because people call up with Apple Support. Like, what if you don't have a computer? What if you only have like, what if you sold your Mac for an iPad, right? And all you've got is an iPad. Well, like you yeah. say, I guess you have to fight with Apple Support and find, you know, like fourth tier support who can manually remove it for you. But I thought <laughs> there must be like a web interface somewhere, but no, no, it's only available through the <laughs> through the the Music app or the iTunes <laughs> app on Windows, which is just mm-hmm. just insane. So, yeah, iTunes DRM continues to plague us to this day, even when it's about content that isn't subject to those same DRM restrictions. Yeah, so if, it's... Only I had
1: a, if only I had a deeper background in, in using technology.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. First off, Happy Hour This Week is sponsored by Western Digital. 95Mac has teamed up with Western Digital to give away Apple's new M1 iMac. That's right, you can get the same M1 iMac that Zach is using right now. And Western Digital is giving our listeners some special deals on their latest My, Por- My Passport SSDs as well. The new portable My Passport SSD by Western Digital features read speeds up to 1050 megabytes per second and write speeds up to 1000 megabytes, allowing you to create transfer and manage your files from anywhere and it's super super fast the MyPassport MyPo- My also includes password protection with hardware encryption so if you do lose your ssd you know that your data is safe from prying eyes and it comes with simple backup software to get your important files automatically preserved into a cloud storage service or using apple's time machine the new passport lineup features a sleek and durable metal design in a selection of beautiful colors and they also offer shock and vibration resistance as well as protection from accidental drops up to six and a half feet for a limited time you can get deals on a selection of western digital's my passport ssds including the one terabyte and two terabyte models hit up the link in the show notes to find out more and take advantage of those special deals and also look in the show notes for the link to the m1 imac giveaway thanks to western digital for sponsoring the show
1: all right so uh we're getting close to a uh, MacBook pro season and, um,
0: and <laughs> you can feel and, it and, in the air
1: <laughs> and, and, and not just the hardware release, but there's, there've there been some software clues this week uh, as well that, that can tell us um, maybe, maybe what to expect from how we can use them. So what's that story, Mayo?
0: Yeah. So I think we spoke about this um, a while ago. There were like references to a pro mode in Mac OS uh, dating back to like Mac OS Catalina. Um and what Filippo Esposito ninety five Mac has found this week is that Apple is continuing to work on that kind of mode. Uh they seem to be uh renaming it slightly now. It seems to be called high power mode, which I guess is the direct opposite of low power mode, right? Yes. Uh so low power mode exists to you know, it slows down your Mac, it turns off email fetch and some other things to try and save battery life. Well, as the name might imply high power mode high power mode is expected the opposite which would let your laptop run at full performance even if the mac is not connected uh to to battery power to 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 a power plug on the wall right so it seems like these are being designed with the next uh higher-end macbook pros in mind featuring apple silicon obviously on the m1 lineup the power efficiency and the kind of thermal envelope is pretty low, like, you know, 10 10 watts. So whether you're plugged in or not, it can mostly run at at, at full speed and have basically the same performance characteristics. But as we get into the more uh, higher end of the Apple Silicon lineup, we're going to expect, you know, beefier GPUs, um, maybe even dedicated GPUs on separate cards, who knows, uh, which use more power. And, like, you might have a the high end MacBook Pro chip might have 32 cores, right? And maybe in day-to-day usage, it only you know, you're not going to see a difference on 16 cores. But if you really want to take advantage of a computer and you're using a pro machine like a MacBook Pro, I don't think it's a crazy idea that they're going to have a little toggle which will let you basically like go to full speed for, you know, an hour or two while you while you really, really need it. Um you've got to obviously set this stuff up so when you're connected to power in the battery settings it can automatically not throttle and stuff but this would this would allow you that would be like the option to enable it when you want and it may be also it would have impacts on fan noise right because you know apple silicon is really really good but it's not magic and the the higher end 13 inch macbook pro with apple silicon has a fan in it the uh, mac mini has a fan in it you don't hear them very much but they are there uh, same the M1 iMac is a fan in it too right but imagine an M1 iMac uh, form factor but with an M1 X chip inside which is much beefier the the heat requirements are going to be higher and so maybe Apple defaults those machines to only using half the number of cores right which keeps the thermal uh thermal envelope lower but if you really want to you can opt into like the high power mode which makes the fans go but you're also getting full full maximum performance and mm. so that's basically seems to be the idea of this and it probably is being readied in macOS uh, Monterey for the m1x uh, macbook pro release
1: yeah i would say m1x is as the you know apple silicon chip that will be inside um a year out from the m1 do you think they'll they'll keep using m1 branding or or if it's based on a15 would they say m2 modifier in this case
0: yeah i mean apple are naming who knows what they're going to do right but yeah I, I would expect the core designs are slightly different. So they're probably gonna use A fifteen style CPU cores, which are not like they're not architecturally a ginormous step up from what was in the A fourteen, but you know, small improvements. Um and Apple has you do have to remember that I think these laptops were meant to ship six months ago, you know? Okay. Like WWCC. So at WWCC Maybe they would have like A14 cores, and there's just more of them. So maybe they are yeah. just exactly A14 cores. Uh, but obviously with COVID and production delays and the chip shortage, it's all been pushed back to to the full. And now it's post uh the A15 coming out. But the performance of the M1X is still going to be way faster than what the A15 to, can deliver, just because there'll be more cores, right? Even if the individual cores are slightly slower, uh, when you're combining them into the, you know, the rumored eight core, sixteen core configurations, it's just going to be way faster. Uh, and the m1 the m1 like has a14 style cores but all the you know there's the the unified memory the higher like thunderbolt channels the profiles like the memory bandwidth it's just all bigger right so even if they are still using a14 cores they're still going to be way faster than what you find in like the iphone or the ipad mini for instance right so i don't think it's going to be like a deal breaker in any way that that they do come out and if you actually do like the you know, the X-ray analysis of the chip, okay, it's using A14 architecture cores because it may, probably meant a ship, you know, six months ago or whatever, because the overall performance profile is still going to be insane. In terms of the naming, I think it's logical to stick to M1X and that's not connected to architecture. Like, even if they change the architecture to the mm-hmm. A15 cores, I think they'd still call it M1X because from a brand new perspective, that's the successor, that's the high-end version of the lower machines, right? And sure. there was actually another rumour this week uh, from Ming-Chi Kuo that the next-gen MacBook Air, so the the successor to the M1 Air, will not be coming until late 2022. So that's the one where we expect, that would you know naturally expect to have the M2 chip in it, right? So I think they could very easily ship this with M1X branding and then they'd have the lineup of the m1 base machines the m1x higher performance machines and then in a year's time eight months ten months time by work by the time like fall 2022 rolls around then they can start introducing the new lower machines with an m2 inside if you see what i mean mm-hmm. so i'm excited
1: <laughs> I, guess, I guess you are
0: i mean i don't know if i don't know if listeners to this show have got that got that impression but uh I am so happy for the M1 X MacBook Pro to come out, especially as at the moment the Xcode uh, 13 release is so slow. Like I think it's it's buggy and stuff, and it's slow for people even with the M1 machines. But it's worse if you've got a 2016 laptop, for instance. Uh, sure. So sure. I mean, you know that you know that conspiracy theory that like Apple releases software <laughs> that intentionally slows your old stuff down <laughs> to make you buy new stuff. In the case of Xcode 13. I kind of agree with them. It's just <laughs> so like st- operations that would take me, you know, 5 seconds before I can change like one line in my app and the rebuild takes like 2 minutes. It's actually ridiculous. Like and this is some days it's fine, other days it's way worse. There's, you know, loads of people complaining on the dev forums and stuff about this and we're just kind of waiting it out until Apple releases, I don't know, like Xcode 13.1 with some performance fixes and stuff because the it's definitely regressed from version 12. But you need Xcode 13 to develop iOS 15 software. So I'm kind of stuck with it, but it does kind of suck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then also new this week is uh, on the app store, you can now leave reviews for uh, Apple's apps that are built in uh, to the iPhone. So um, this is something that you noticed this week?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Someone in the staff noticed it and uh, I wrote it up. Uh, Basically... So the 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 apps by Apple that you've always been able to download from the App Store, you've always been able to leave reviews and ratings for those. So I like that's like the iWork suite of apps. That's like the you know the one-off things they do, like the For Mankind Time Capsule app, like that kind of stuff. Clips you can re- rate and review all the time because they're just they originate from the App Store. Mac um, OS uh,
1: Server is a one point five star app from
0: Apple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what's new as of and we noticed it this week, but I think it started when I was fifteen. Came out on like the twentieth of September or whatever is the apps that come stock, so the built-in apps like Calculator, Music, Mail, News, Stocks, Weather, those kind of apps, previous to this month, you they would appear in the App Store listings because you can delete and re-download them, right? And the way you re-download them is you go to the App Store and you find them and you press download. Uh, but you were not able to leave a rating or review for them the option to do that for those apps was just not there which is something no third-party app developer can do right any third-party app on the store you have to allow ratings and reviews uh, but apple was like no, these built-in apps we're not going to show that stuff um but now they've actually changed their tune maybe there was antitrust pressure here because it's like unfair <laughs> yeah. or something maybe who knows uh, but now you can actually leave ratings and reviews for those apps so you still can't rate and review uh, the apps on the the built-in apps that are undeletable, which you know a couple of years ago used to be a lot, but nowadays it's only like the core core apps, like Messages and Phone, right? Um, or Settings, like you can't leave reviews for those apps because they don't have an App Store listing at all, because you can't delete them. If in the first you place.
1: could, though, if you could, though, I would say Settings one star can't use in split screen on an iPad. Yeah. So just just so you know, app, you know, Apple. If but
0: yeah, this is just a hilarious avenue because now people were rushing, well, I don't know if rushing is the right word, but people are coming to the App Store now (laughs) to rate Apple's own built-in apps, like, the calculator. And especially on the release of iOS 15, you can imagine that any change in behavior that people don't like, they've gone, well, now I can leave a review for it. (laughs) There are some (laughs) hilarious ones in here, like, um, at least when I did this survey, or at least when I did this uh, write-up, the worst-rated Apple app of the, you know, stock apps was Apple Podcasts. That got a two-star review um, and all the comments are people complaining about the design changes that came in iOS 14.5 and they've done some tweaks since then but obviously people still don't like it Uh, the translate app managed just 2.2 stars Uh, with review with the noting that it still powers in comparison to the quality translation provided by google translate it's just funny that like now there's like a place where you can like graffiti over apple's hard work in this stuff (laughs) because you just couldn't before uh news got 2.3 stars like none of apple's app got five star reviews but to be fair that's kind of expected right because like if you're happy with apple's apps you're not going to go to the app store to like give it a five star review it's only going to mostly be people that are complaining or want or have something to say. So, I don't really like I'm not going to like, you know, nitpick the individual stars. It's just funny that there's now like a message board, a very direct message board for Apple feedback on the applications because before now you could like tweet at them or you could maybe go onto that like apple.com/feedback website and write something up there, but that's all private. Like the reviews here are public and you can go and read them and there <laughs> there's some funny ones like on the weather um on the weather page there's like reviews and that you're like this. Zach. Yes. Where is the weather app on iPad? Weather is is a great app, but why isn't it on the iPad? Where is it? Jeremy Gaming YT1 said, I will illegally download Weather app for iPad on the Apple Store. Give us Weather app on (laughs) iPad. Similarly, for the calculator, a a user by the name of Ginger Tippy Toes said, Mm -hmm. I love calculator, but I wish I had it on the iPad. (laughs) That's good feedback. (laughs) And then some of the other apps that a lot of people don't use, but people are just having fun with it, right? Like, Like the Stocks app, which I don't think is a terrible app, but... You know, it does the job, uh, but a lot of people just have no interest in track- tr- tracking the stock market, right? So they just delete it or they put it in like... A lot of people have like an Apple crap folder, I notice, and people just like store it on there because they haven't worked how they can remove them or whatever. Uh, one of the reviews for stocks, bro, who actually uses this? Like, seriously, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone deletes it. That's courtesy of Pokemon fan Braden, uh, who did give it a four-star review, but clearly he doesn't use the application. I bet, I bet he listens to the show. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny I made a joke on Twitter that now you can one style the TV app which uh, I haven't done because that was tongue in cheek but
1: uh, <laughs> it is possible you, you do it enough from day to day
0: out loud yeah I mean I, I criticise it uh, fairly I would say but I don't I don't feel the need to go and vent on a on an app store review one thing that was quite interesting is that like I looked at Apple News and a lot of the reviews are directly after people upgrade to iOS 15 and people keep complaining about it crashing like Oh. there were like four reviews in a row from different people keeps closing keeps crashing app keeps crashing crashes in the arena articles when it restarts i crashes when i press the thumbs up and thumbs down like that kind of and you know iOS 15 has been out for what two weeks now we haven't heard of a big uprising of people complaining about the news app but you look at the app store page for apple news now and it's very clearly an issue like there's so many people complaining about it crashing all of a sudden so in some ways it's illuminating issues that uh we would have never known, out, known about before. Whether Apple mm. uses these reviews or looks at these reviews or cares about them, like, are they going to incorporate that into their... Are they going to make radars based on App Store reviews now? Who knows? But I just think it's funny that now there's an av- a public avenue for this stuff to exist and it's obviously hosted by Apple on the App Store about, you know, the core app. <laughs> what, what app would you rate one star if you could out of Apple's built-in stuff? Home. Home! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see, by the way, um, uh, Will Shipley, uh, the Mac developer who used to work on Delicious Library for the Mac, you know, he did that kind of software. Um, uh-huh. he, He's he been hired by Apple this week and he's working on the home team. Oh, he's working you. on the iOS app for home. He's he's like senior. His title is like senior iOS home engineer. Hang on a second. A delicious Library. You, know, you, delicious you must know what Delicious Library was, right?
1: That's the it's the it's the log all your things app, right?
0: it's the, it's like the you you keep your book collection in like a big library it was like a huge app back in the day and you could like scan dvds with the barcode and stuff like all that
1: yeah it has been like on my radar for about 8 years and i bought i bought it like a couple of weeks ago and i haven't started using it yet but i just like the idea of um not not you know i don't know i don't have like one collection of, of a bunch of things but it's just yeah. like my my items you know kind of an in inventory
0: that was like the start of skeuomorphic design in a way, right? Like, yeah, Delicious yes. Library was like a brand of Mac app in two thousand four, two thousand five.
1: Yeah, if there was a, an an app that should be sort of like modeled after re- realism today, the home app. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's got to be that's because that's a metaphor that works so much better than this list for <laughs> these like you know grids. Like that's that's very you know what some Internet of Things company would do. But if, if you think well, what, what would Apple do with a smart home uh, interface, it wouldn't be what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I doubt they hired Will Shipley based on like the uh, design aesthetics of the software he did 10 years ago because he's just a good developer. Right. But that was just a funny thing because uh, he's well known and he's a big name in the Mac community. and. Lost. like Literally this week, he was like, Surprise, I'm working at Apple now, which I thought was fun. And then he said, I'm working as a senior engineer on the home app. So I was like, Well, wow, fair enough. Well, let's,
1: just, let's take it from one star to five stars.
0: So, <laughs> and and for, that's Apple's smart home strategy. They've hired Will Shipley. He's going to fix it all. Yeah. Happy hour this week is also brought to you by Upstart. Upstart is a service. To help you get a loan to deal with debt. If you're carrying a credit card balance month after month after month, it can feel like a never ending cycle of debt. Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead and get on with your life. The weight of debt can be crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan done all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear and transparent payoff date. Rather than looking at just your credit score, Upstart can consider other factors like your income, current employment, and credit history to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score for loans worth between $1 to $50,000 and it only takes 5 minutes. You can even receive funds in as fast as 1 business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash happy hour that's u-p-s-t-a-r-t dot com slash happy hour upstart.com slash happy hour don't forget to use our url to let them know that we sent you loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application terms and conditions apply one more time go to upstart.com slash happy hour happy hour is also brought to you by better help look it's been A stressful couple of years for a lot of us. Do you feel strained or just not as happy as you do normally? Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? Sometimes you just want someone to talk to who is trained about mental health and lifestyle. BetterHelp is quite literally here to help and it lets you do just that from the comfort of your own home. BetterHelp assesses your needs to match you with a licensed professional therapist tailored to helping your personal well-being. You can connect in a safe and crucially private online environment. And after signing up, you can start communicating to a therapist in under 48 hours. This is not run-of-the-mill self-help. This is professional counselling done securely online. You can access counsellors specialised in all sorts of areas like stress, anger, relationships, depression, sleep and much more. Start a conversation with your therapist at your convenience. Just send a message at any time. The therapist responds in a timely basis and you can schedule sessions like weekly video chats or phone calls if you want to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid options are available. And of course, everything that you talk about is 100% private and confidential. So start living a happier life today. As a listener to this show, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash mac happy hour. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash mac happy hour.
1: All right, Mayo. So uh, I bought the iPhone uh, 13 Pro, uh, Sierra Blue, uh, 256 gigabyte, not, not the Mac What did you version. say on
0: last week's show, Zang?
1: I said anything. I, I said, if it's convenient, I'll upgrade. Was it convenient? It was, it was. It was. I mean, I sold my phone, someone bought it, and then okay, okay. I bought, bought the new phone.
0: I wasn't sure so, if you did one of those carrier deals that go around at the moment where you get like $1000 for a trade-in or something and that cuz no, the carriers love no. 5G so they just upgrade you at any cost. Yeah, there,
1: there's there's I think it's like a 36 month thing. It's pretty I, I just like the idea of exchanging money from <laughs> for 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 a good. Um so no, I listed my uh my my 12 Pro Max on uh for sale. Someone uh, purchased it. And then I, sooner than I thought it would happen. And then I, um, realized that, uh, man, I, I should have maybe already ordered a phone then because <laughs> I was, I went like phoneless for like a day, uh, which was not a big deal. I, you know, my iPad Pro is with me and it's got, uh, LTE 5G, whatever. So, um, but so, so that part was a little bit inconvenient, but. Um, but no, it it wasn't a bad experience at all. I, I, uh, like I said, if it were convenient, I would upgrade and it, it happened. There was a, there's a path to upgrading that, that didn't mean spending money. And, uh, it went well. So, um, what I will say, uh, in terms, in terms of like the decision of like what I bought, it, it did come down to, uh, what well, well, what was in stock influenced what I purchased, you know, in okay. terms of color and storage size, um probably it probably influenced the max versus you know non-max as well but there were no max versions in stock um within a 90 mile radius uh including at the apple store and so that made me know just realized well do i want to order it for like you know to ship in three days or do i want to go and pick up something right now and i thought well you know is because this year the camera is the same on both phones uh, and battery life is, is good on either phone that, that, and I, I like the large size of the, of the, the Mac. So I, I do things like watch video on it and that kind of thing. Um, but it, it's, it's not so much that I I have to have that, or I won't want a new iPhone. So I thought, well, I'll go with the the pro this year, not, not max. And so that'll, that'll be one, uh, more thing different about it. Um, Sierra blue is not my first choice. Graphite was what I was, was looking for. Um, there was a, a five twelve gigabyte graphite that that I I went to pick up and it was just uh, the the online listing was wrong it wasn't actually in stock and so I said like, oh well, I guess I guess I'm resigned to the the Sierra blue one then and it was two fifty
0: six what color if, did you have for the twelve I forget silver silver yeah. okay yeah
1: if there were a one terabyte model in, <laughs> in stores I I I would have bought one just to just to, you know, have a lot of
0: local stuff. <laughs> yeah, but would you actually use the space or would you just want the 1 terabyte cuz it's cool? Like No, I think I would I think what I would I think the, the benefit I would see is um
1: probably never seeing where iCloud photo library is is pulling in the the high high res version of a photo or especially a video. Um and I I still see that a lot even when you have a lot of space available because it doesn't seem to IFi library doesn't seem to take as much space as it can uh i will even see like if i if I've taken a picture i don't know in the last hour or so that that sometimes it needs to load back in
0: well um, do you have originals yeah. turned on or do you have optimized I' have optimized yeah because originals wouldn't fit oh so um, uh, so you're how how big is your library like five hundred gig maybe yeah uh, it's a bit over that yeah okay so I guess you do have a okay i I'll, I'll take it back you do actually have a loose of one terabyte then because then you could you could have originals with a one terabyte plan right you could, sorry your one terabyte storage phone you could turn on store originals and you could have your entire library local which is a a decent benefit because you're right like if you put it on optimize even if you like my library is a lot small my library is nowhere near 500 gig it's probably like 100 maybe 150 um Mm -hmm. and i have a 256 gig iphone uh i leave it that's like i i could turn originals on um but I do have other stuff on the phone, right? So if I'm, you know, downloading a lot of podcasts for a trip or something, I just want it to dynamically adjust the storage of the photo library. Uh, so I put it on uh, optimize storage, and my, you know, hundred gig library, hundred fifty gig library. The, the I have at the moment on my phone, I probably have easily two hundred gig, one hundred fifty gig free, and the photos takes up like eighty gig. Do you know what I mean? So like, it doesn't yeah. use all the space it can do. I assume there has to be some buffer because if it's, you know you're downloading something immediately, you have for spare space and stuff, but. And I love I love how the way Echo Photos works. I don't have much of an issue with it. But yeah, if you're doing Optimize, you can't think that, oh, if I've got this extra space on my local drive, it's going to use it all. Because it doesn't work like that. Right. It uses maybe like a third of it or a half of it or something.
1: Yeah, I, I do use the feature for Apple or for, for music where you say, I want to have, I want to use up to four gigabytes or up to 32 gigabytes or whatever your preference is based on how much storage you have to actively download music. Within that space, like I'm telling you, iPhone use all that space to download music, and and iCloud Photo Library it doesn't have that that ability. Um, but for music, yeah, I wish iCloud
0: because because we have music, you can say optimize storage and then set a minimum storage, so at least sixteen gigs is stored, or at least right. thirty two gigs is stored. And I've just looked at it now; it goes up to one hundred twenty eight gig on music, but on photos, you only get optimized or not optimized. Like you, you, I, I wish photos would like music would let you say optimize. And then say take up at least 50, gigab- 50 gigabytes or at least hundred gigabytes. You know,
1: yeah. It, it's I think it's based too on on your storage amount. So I think if you had like say one terabyte or five twelve, that you could have two fifty six gigabytes of music it, yeah, or, 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 yeah, or yeah, five twelve yeah. gigabytes. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, but but I, all that to say, I, I I would have purchased the one terabyte if it were in stores and I wasn't interested in ordering at that point. If the option to pick up same day was available and it was. Um, and so I, I actually doubled my storage because I had 128 gigabyte last year and I did not want to buy the 120 gigabyte for this year because of how, um, what is it? ProRes video is limited to to HD quality only if you're testing that in any capacity. And so I didn't really want to rule that out. Um, I, I like the idea that you can use this iPhone to learn about color grading a video without having, you know, a, a $1,500 camera plus. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to limit that to HD if I, if I ever played around with that. Um, a friend of mine, Daryl in New Orleans, who, uh, does, does work with Space Explored for us. Um, he ordered the, the, the Pro Max and he, and he, like, he's not a big tech guy. He's like mostly a photographer. Um, he ordered the one terabyte version and like without like blinking, you know, and, and, and his is coming sometime in mid October. Um, but biggest phone, biggest storage size. So it's not, <laughs> It's not like far out there to to consider. I think, um, but all, all that to say, yeah, this this the phone I bought was two fifty six Sierra Blue. Um, I'm quite happy with it. I wrote him. I wrote a, a piece this week just to sort of first impressions and photos from around New Orleans uh, as I did my camera test. And um, w- with the Sierra Blue, uh, I think it was probably like listening to people talk about it, um, and that that was what they were going to order. That made me think maybe it's an option because I, I didn't like the way that on, online it looks sort of baby blue or, or cardinal blue. Um, a little bit too soft for my preference, but um, the 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 alum- or the, the stainless steel band around it is is much darker than than what I imagined. And then the back glass, I don't see uh, hardly ever. And when I do see it, unless I'm in a really bright environment, it tends to be a bit darker um, than than it, than it looks online. Um, you know, if you're in direct sunlight, like e- even the the front of your iPhone starts to have distinction between levels of blackness. You know, where the border is and the camera system is. Um, so on the backside, you know, as well, the, the, the blue is, you know, I guess it's way lighter in, in the proper lighting, but, um, most of the time it just looks kind of denim to me, which is okay. You know, it's not, it's not too light for me. And, uh, it doesn't, but because the, 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 the steel around the edges is, is a dark, um, you know, shade of blue, it just, it still feels like a version of a dark phone. Like if you say the gold or the, Silver are kind of light phones and graphite, and then it's blue or dark phones, and that's, that's kind of sort of how I see it. Um, so it, 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 I liked it more in person than I thought I would, and so I, I was either going to regret it and exchange it, or uh, be okay with it. And I'm okay with it, with the the color of the blue. Um, the let's see what else I've got. So just like the the weight of it and everything. So mm-hmm. you know I downgraded in screen size, but um, I have experience with this size phone before, after having the review units last year. Um, and, and so just in holding it, you know, of course the camera bump is, is, is way disproportionate in size on the back of the phone, um, on, on the 13 pro than it is on the the 12 pro max or even the 13 pro max. Um, it's, it's like having the 12 pro max camera bump on, you know, the, 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 the pro phone without having the max version. Um but you also I, I noticed how just dense and and, and sort of uh, it felt it, feel, it feel, as a camera it feels compact because it is a small little device but it also feels dense um, in a way that if you have uh, say a professional you know uh, camera then that if it if it's light it feels sort of cheap and if it's heavy if it has heft to it then you think okay this is serious stuff you know um, so it, it kind of gave me that impression as well that that this is compact and it certainly um, certainly heavier, heftier um, than even the twelve pro was, but it, it, it feels like that in kind of a nice way. Kind of like how the heavier watches are meant to meant to feel, you know, nicer than 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 lighter watches, even though there's sort of an undesirable trait about them.
0: What do you think about the camera bump? Because I guess I guess the camera bump's the same size as the 13 Pro as the 12 Pro Max you used to have, but obviously now it's in a slightly smaller overall body, so relatively it takes up <laughs> of the of the phones back.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not using a case. I haven't used a case in a while, and I'm happy with the with the the way it feels and looks without a case. And I'm pretty careful. Plus, I have Apple Care Plus on on my devices these days. Um, the, I, I feel the camera bump back there with my finger. You know, when you're holding it, and it's kind of like a little shelf that it, it doesn't. You know, you couldn't like hang it on your finger, but it is like a point of grip, <laughs> but just beneath it. If you look at it, I mean, the fact that it spans from from one side to past the middle of the of the um the, the back of the phone it's like it's not you really wouldn't start with that design would you you know it's just sort of a, a an evolution that got us here
0: and i think that's part like that requirement to have the full camera bump on the 13 pro is one of the driving factors they even bothered redesigning the the notch at all right because on the old on the old design notch that width like the components of the face id system the true depth camera system they would overlap where the camera is Mm. where the camera module is inside so i don't think like that's made me more and more think these days that they didn't you know do do the notch change this year just for aesthetics it's more they kind of had to because they needed to make it like slightly smaller in width and slightly taller so then the actual full camera bump could fit inside the body of the phone on the back obviously it doesn't matter on the pro max but you you needed it for the the 6.1 inch phones and if you could do it on those you might as well do it across the board
1: yeah um and, and just in general with, with the the size of the camera system on the back compared to the overall phone size uh it, it kind of feels kind of cool <laughs> like like you like you know you, you can look at it and say okay that's a serious camera system like you can probably <laughs> take really good pictures with that it's a small phone with a giant it gives you a nice p- placebo effect right exactly so um and and i <laughs> So, so I like that about it. Um, I did a camera test around New Orleans and it's kind of where I, I go around the French Quarter probably every, every fall and do this. Um, and uh, I, I was really happy with the, with the camera. Of course, you know, I, I posted some photos and I was, I was, you know, I was happy with the way people responded to them. Um, and one is my, my motorcycle uh, in just uh, on Decatur street in front of a bar in the background and there's, you know, various color lights and there's the sky with clouds and there's just, the, the colors are the differences there in the colors. It just is very rich and vivid. Um, and that got a lot of, a lot of good feedback. Um, also I was, I was, I guess what I was surprised by is how much I like the photographic styles feature. I was curious about it, you know, curious to use it. Um, but I really like it. I, I played around with, with taking the same five photos, but with different styles. So you've got standard, warm, vibrant, rich contrast and cool and um you know you, you sort of see where each one is a little bit different um and it really depends on on what you're shooting but generally i i and just with an iphone photo i tend to you know if if it's one i want to share or one i like a lot i'll I'll go to the photos app tap edit do the um auto enhance you know edit and then adjust it from there and it tends to be much more vibrant than what was captured initially um and and so now with with this feature if it looks good to my eye and it's what I, what I have in mind, I can just take the picture. It's already vibrant and those aren't like filters. It's adjustments in how it's captured. Um, and then you can edit it from there. But, but with shooting with the vibrant setting, I, I go to the photos app and I tap edit and do the auto enhance and it's like barely anything changes. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I'll get out of that habit now. And I like the, the picture that comes out without any, any changes at all. Um, there were there were a few shots that I was taking where I felt like vibrant was um, made it look unnatural or tacky or cheesy, and something like rich contrast was more appropriate. So, so fortunately, those two um, feature or, or settings are are side by side. So, you, in the camera, you tap on the little like stacked cards icon, and that brings up the interface for switching between uh, photographic styles, and you can switch on the fly, and you see in your viewfinder what you're going to get when you take your picture, uh, and I quite like that.
0: Yeah, and you can, um, like, obviously, on each style, they have those two sliders, so you can manually adjust it from there. So, like, the, the options they give you, like, the presets, then those, like, I think it's, like, tone and warmth or whatever is the two options that are at the bottom. So you can slide them and tweak it to your own choice. And, actually, if you slide them really far, it changes the name of the style to, like, match <laughs> the reality. So if you, like, if you put the warmth way up, it will take, if you're on cool when the warmth is low, and then you, like, ramp the warmth all the way up, it will change to warm, which is a nice little touch. Um, yeah. And theoretically, smart. if you're someone who like likes the vibrant look, right? Because the iPhone tends to take pretty neutral photos, right? It's trying to replicate what like the eye sees. But when people review pictures, a lot of people just like the same reason why in the TV shop they put the saturation up on all the TVs because a lot of people like yeah. that appearance. Uh, that's what people want from their photos. And if you in previous years without doing editing after the fact, you would left unsatisfied if you were looking for that, you know, that more vibrant appearance. And that more vibrant look is kind of what the Samsung phones generate, typically. If you always look at the comparisons between like, you know, that everyone does camera shootouts between like the S21 and the iPhone and stuff. In general, the Samsung camera leans more heavily on the vibrant on the vibrant look, right? So if you are an iPhone user and you're like, you know, I like how the Samsung photos look. Well in previous years, you were kind of like stuffed you were like well i guess i have to edit every picture after the fact whereas now if you do like the more vibrant tone you just change it set it as your default and it stays on that permanently which i think is really nice and if you like if you're always editing your photos to be more vibrant you should in theory get better quality photos now because the filter is being applied while the picture is being taken not to a jpeg that's already been baked into one level so like shadow detail right when you take a jpeg Mm -hmm. The shadow detail, to some degree, is baked into the picture when you tap the shutter, right? This isn't raw. This is just, you know, taking a JPEG photo. You're, 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 you're taking a snapshot of certain exposure levels, of certain shadow levels. And then, okay, you can tweak it after the fact, but it's going to be better quality if from the beginning you're telling the camera what look you want. And then it can take the photo with that in mind and accommodate for the shadows. And maybe it keeps more shadow detail than it would have otherwise if you were just taking it flat and then editing in post
1: mm-hmm. um i, I really like I, in my in my uh piece i called this well i think it's my favorite camera feature this year but i also say you know who doesn't think this won't come to the iphone 12 eventually in a software update because what is there anything about this year's hardware that, that makes this work and only work on this hardware on this phone and this camera system probably not
0: i mean theoretically i think if you asked apple they would say it relies on the image signal processor of the a15 chip, yeah. right but i'm pretty sure photographic styles they could make work with older phones but they're not going to do it but yeah
1: it, it reminds me though of when they had um you know hold down the button to press uh for video mm-hmm. what's the feature called like quick video or something quick take, quick take. i think it's called yeah. yeah and that was a feature of that year's iphone and then they eventually brought it to older iphones i mean like at least the 10 10s kind of thing so this, this reminds me of that where right now it's the new feature on this phone, but why wouldn't it be on other phones? You know, maybe maybe after the initial release they'll they'll get there.
0: Um, but it is on both. The, it, it is on all the 13s as well as the Pros, which is nice. So it's not a Pro only feature, right? You just can't do
1: it on on, an 11. on a 12 or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on a, on a 12, right? Yeah. Um, the prom- promotion. I was immediately impressed by how you know this is obvious, but if you kind of n- no with this stuff, but I was immediately impressed at the, the app flying animation when you go from your lock screen to your home screen
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how smooth that looked and it makes the the phone feel faster because it's like, Oh wow, that's really smooth. Um, again, like the other way doesn't look, doesn't look broken to me, but it it does sort of make the phone just feel faster. And I guess the other phone would feel a little bit slower that way, even if, you know, when you, when you would do, do a timed recording, it would be identical. Um, and, and that's, that's true. You know, it, it's really, there's, there's YouTube tests where they always show like, um, kind of like silly, really fast between home screens and and things when they're like reviewing a new iPhone at first. Um, it's, it's, it's like those are actually the kind of things that you see with promotion, of course. Um, but, and I really appreciate this feature. Um, I, I showed it to, um, my brother-in-law who's similar age to me and he likes, he's, he's a, he's a bit techie. Um, I, I showed him and he was he said, it feels a little bit faster, but I really can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, I think it's one of those features where either you care about it a whole lot and really appreciate it, or you you just don't see it you know, in a way that yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Like that's the same with promotion on the iPad. Like me and you, you use promotion on the iPad. You could notice it immediately, right? Like and if you turn it off, you're like, Wow, it shouldn't be like this way. But you give that iPad to a lot of people they can't tell or or maybe they can they can tell but they don't perceive it so it doesn't matter right like and so the the gain that's why i mean it's perfectly fine in my opinion as a pro feature right it's like it's been pro on the ipad ipad pro exclusive and it's not on the ipad air or the ipad mini and that's been all right okay like even in 120 hertz land on on smartphones a lot of cheap android phones have 120 or they boast 120 um but Apple's implementation is really nice. I don't care that it's Pro only; like they've done it well. It's adaptive, and as well as you having the uh, super fluid responsiveness on the when it's when it is ramping up to the the higher refresh rate, you also get the benefits of battery life efficiency when nothing's happening on the screen because it can ramp down to ten hertz as low as ten hertz. So you also get savings there. So. Yeah.
1: Now I know there was there was there was some development in understanding how third-party apps can work with promotion what did we learn this past week about that i think you were looking into that right
0: yeah 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 so this is a bit it's a bit technical but you can look at the stories that i posted if you want to see like the full breakdown but there's no there's not much point really relit- getting it on the podcast just to explain it all. So at a high level the when when i was 15 was an when the iphone 13 was announced apple made it seem like there was this one api that a developer could adopt and it would get 120 hertz refresh rate well all the developers got their phones on iphone 13 release day and they found that not to be the case uh most animations in third-party apps even right now run at 60 hertz still and so what a developer has to do they have to do this separate thing which apple hadn't documented uh, and they only documented it on the same day that we published our report basically in response to our findings so if, if we hadn't published our story, it might have taken them even longer. So they could have avoided a lot of anxiety just by releasing this documentation alongside Xcode Release Candidate, which is kind of the point of the Xcode Release Candidate to get your, dev- your apps ready for the new hardware. But So I don't know why it didn't mm. happen. But that was one part. And then, so the info PLS key is one part. The second part is there is a bug that even if you add in this PLS key that Apple says you need to get 120, some animations on third-party apps still will be capped at 60 hertz. That is being fixed in a, quote, future software update. So Okay. Uh, at, so at the moment, third-party apps go to 120 for user interactions, uh, which are driving the screen, so scrolling. So you do get 120 via scrolling. But anim- most animations that you see in a third-party app, maybe just like a button's moving left or right, or it's going up and down. That's at the moment capped at 60. And so in the next couple of months, probably when iOS 15.1 comes out, uh, Apple will fix the bug, developers will release updates that actually adopt uh, the APIs in the way Apple wants them to, and then you'll be able to get 120 hertz movements in third-party apps as well as first-party apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, just a few more things on the camera
1: system. I, I haven't done anything serious with cinematic video yet beyond just this is the new thing this year, like slow motion was one year, like time-lapse was one year. and And so you know played played around with that just to just to see what it looks like but nothing um i feel i feel like i'm still kind of like learning it and and then the the editing interface after the fact is is something else that you sort of want to spend some time with before you feel ready to use it so
0: and they're bringing that editing interface to iMovie and Final Cut on the Mac soon so if you mm-hmm. want a bigger screen you can edit it there yeah right right
1: um and and for posting on social media, I think the, the it being capped at HD and not not uh, ultra HD is okay. Uh it's obviously a limitation this year. Um I I'm absolutely still going to just take video quickly, for, you know, and in the standard video mode. Um this this it it is fun though in the way that portrait mode was fun to play around with for photos before it got good enough that you could actually reliably use it often. Um, and then, and then macro photography. So I played around a bit with this stuff. Uh, it, I I don't know. Like I guess I guess <laughs> I'm curious about what the changes will be like whenever they tweak the interface to it. Um, I it, it's it's so if if <laughs> here's here's the thing. Do I ha- if if I'm in uh, ultra wide mode. I don't think you get macro. Like, I don't think you can get that close and it recognizes that that's what you're trying to do. I think it's just an ultra wide out of focus photo. If you're at 1X, it does work the right way. And I think it works the right way if you're in 3X and you get close, but I'm not positive about that because I don't
0: know.
1: Yeah. I wish there was just like, um, just some UI that glowed for a moment whenever you were in that, in that mode.
0: Yeah. Like when you, when you have the, when you have auto flash on. When it's going to yes. take a picture with a flash, it has a little lightning bolt symbol. They should have yes. a little macro symbol, or what well, I think they should. St- I think they. I, I don't like the fact that they try to jam it into the, the main camera. I think it should be a separate mode, like cinematic mode. But um. I I like the idea of it being an option because because it is. I mean, I, I think I think the idea
1: of it is if you're trying to take a picture with your main camera. And you get close because you feel like you can get that picture, then it adjusts and you actually can. Then that's how you discover it. And you also don't have to change settings each time you want to get that. You just get closer and it works for you. So I think it's, I think it's, uh, the right default. Um, but, but I, I have had some confusion of like, it, it, so I'm in ultra wide or I'm in 3X. I know ultra wide is not going to do it based on my experience, unless I'm wrong. And I, but I think 3X is going to do it. And then with 1X, um, you know, you can get pretty close photos anyway. And so I, I'm sometimes I'm confused. Have I seen the, the jarring animation or the jarring transition yet between cameras? Or is this... And so I'm like pulling it back and forth to see, is it changing? Because which am I in? So again, an ind- ind- indicator would be kind of nice there. Yeah, and um, if you're trying to course. take a
0: picture of like a flower, it might be blowing in the wind, which might cause the automatic thing to flip back and forth. You know what I mean? Like that's why mm-hmm. they, they at least need an option to make it like, you just turn it on yourself. And I think the best way to express that is a dedicated mode because then they could give you just like, you know, pano or portrait mode. They could give you those like on-screen tool tips like, you know, macro lets you take a picture close up, move, move closer to your subject, move closer, hold still. Do you know what I mean? They could give you that little guidance because if you're just a, a random person on the street and you get an iPhone 13 for Christmas... You're not going to know that it's got a macro mode in it. Like, if it had a if it had a little thing in that reel at the bottom that said macro, you'd get like an automatic built-in tutorial of like, oh, there's this new feature I can do. Okay, how do I do it? Okay, I have to move close to the subject. Blah 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 blah. Whereas where it is, I feel like it's too easy to just accidentally trip into and maybe it, like if it if it if it incorrectly switches to the ultra wide when you just wanted to take a group photo and it for some reason you know maybe I'll, something got in the way of the lens and it switches cameras. That's just like really annoying. So I think they made I think they made the wrong choice, but. They're working on it. We'll see what the new iteration is whenever it comes out. Sure. Um, and and then uh, just
1: some some things I mentioned about the buying experience and the selling my old iPhone experience, my old iPhone experience. Um, the, the 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 packaging with no no plastic included now, except for the, the top screen cover that you peel off. Um, it's very different. I mean, it's familiar the way the, the the way it's boxed and sealed shut is with those pull tabs that are labeled with a green. Um, badge and you, you know, lift them up and rip them off. Um, but then to open up the, the box and then there's just the phone with no plastic around it. It sort of feels like you're, you're taking someone's returned phone and, and they haven't properly like packaged it back up. Um, you know, of course you're not. So it's good. <laughs> that, that's okay. Um, but when I, when I went to sell the iPhone 12 Pro Max, I included the USB C to lightning cable and the buyer asked me, do you have the charging adapter? Because I had the box and everything. And he's, you know, well, do you have the brick? And I, I had to say, you're not going to believe this. They don't give it to you anymore. <laughs> and he thought I was joking, you know? And I'm like, I'm no, I'm serious. Like, I, I'd give it to you if it came in the box, but this is all that they fit in there. So um, he, he understood. <laughs> you, but, you know, you were trying to scam him. He really did, so. That was, that was a, a fun ex- experiment. <laughs> the, the last thing is, um, I haven't bought a case yet, but I think I'll buy one, not because I use it every day, but because when I want to put my, my phone as a camera, like on the ground, leaning against get something that's way more ideal with a case around it than, than sitting on its own. Um, and I'll, I'll probably go with some color of Apple Silicone. I don't think I'll go with leather um because i think leather cases are nicer if you're going to use it every day but if it's just for the purpose of like i want it to be grippy and lean against something then then it'll just be an accessory for that purpose um i i will probably buy one of the new battery or one of the new wallet cases because it's just, i had the old one before and i was i was you know happy with it um i actually broke it <laughs> i overstuffed it and like to get a card out, I had to like destroy it, which was t- too bad. Um, but, if, uh, so, you know, for that reason, I, I think I'll replace it with one of the new ones now that they have the, the, the fun my integration. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting enough. Um, and then I, I was in Best Buy, uh, just yesterday looking around, uh, for cases and they didn't, they, all they had for cases was like the dark midnight looking color, uh, and then red. And those aren't either ones that I wanted. So I'll, I'll wait, I'll, I'll wait on that, but. Um, they had the battery pack and I, I, and I, when my, my aunt bought the battery pack, uh, when I was visiting in South Florida a few weeks ago, and, um, I really, really kind of had FOMO <laughs> seeing it like in the house in the box. And so I thought, I'll, I'll buy one, uh, <laughs> next, next time I get the chance to, to buy one in a store. And this is how I justified it, you know, going from the, not, not getting the max this year. That's a hundred dollars. And the only difference besides the screen size is like the battery life would be a little bit different. So thought okay you know this is the same price as if I were to buy a max and uh you know so my my phone did die yesterday in the wild because I was just away from a charger for way too long um as I was like out and about uh and the battery pack that I bought wasn't charged yet so it didn't <laughs> didn't come in handy yet but i I did charge it once I was home and the battery pack and I just did it in my backpack and my, my backpack is usually with me um especially when I go on my motorcycle there's you know, not much you can carry if it's not in a backpack. So, um, I tend to have that with like my iPad and, and my keys and wallet and headphones and everything. So, um, I'm now the owner of a battery that, and I also, also think it's just cool. I, I, we wanted, I, I don't know about you, I wanted this product to exist and they made it. And so it's kind of my vote of this, this was, this was nice. And, and all of the 95 Mac uh, colleagues that we have who, Sort of were very disappointed about it once it was released in terms of all kind of things, like the way it felt and looked and everything, um, the capacity, all of that. E- even our colleague Parker, <laughs> who returned his, he bought it again. <laughs> and, and, and chance has one. And like, you know, so e- even the, the, the people that were like, meh on it, I think they came around. And I, I just wasn't interested because I had the Max phone and it didn't, wasn't a big need. Um, but as my amp bought one, and as I made this new purchase, and I thought, eh, yeah, it's the difference in price of a Mac. So, I'll, 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 and it, the main, main thing is that it's interesting technology. I'm glad they made it. It's not the most efficient or most, you know, elegant, uh, practical, yeah, or most elegant. Um, but it it is it is uh, it is cool tech that I'm glad they made. Um, the only thing I really complain the only thing I really complain about the, the battery pack charger case situation this time around is is that the shutter button was really useful on that one battery case that was for the 11 i think it was and um speaking of my friend daryl again in new orleans he purchased my old 12 uh, uh, 11 pro max which had a battery case with it and he loved the shutter button and he was asking me you know they where's the new one (laughs) and i'm like they don't they don't make them anymore it's just a, a pack now that sticks on the back of it and so there's there's no replacement for that button that was a hardware button that even when your phone screen turned off you know locked you squeeze that and it launched the camera or you 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 know squeezed it without releasing it and it launched a video in quick take um, so I still I, I often feel like if there was some I don't know double click or tri- triple click gesture on like the volume toggles or something I mean I think it's probably maybe hard to, to map it out because. The, the the side button is 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 for Apple Pay, and then you can do triple for guided access, I believe, or accessibility shortcuts. But I would like a you know grip the phone in some way, or do some button quickly that launches the camera in the way that that, that case did. And I think it's unfortunate that that, that was just a one off thing, <laughs> and we haven't seen it come to the iPhone, even though there are Android phones that have like dedicated camera buttons and um you know squeeze gestures and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mhm. Happy hour this week is also brought to you by Incipio. Incipio's new line of cases for the iPhone 13 are designed for use with MagSafe, so they're compatible with the MagSafe charger and they're compatible with all the accessories like the MagSafe battery pack. Uh, the Incipio Duo is their latest addition in their case lineup. The Duo cases feature drop protection from up to 12 feet, and they have special impact struts which reduce the total impact force significantly. Plus, you have a raged edge on the front for additional screen protection. The cases are an elegant two-piece construction and have really nice materials and responsive press-fit buttons for volume and power. And it's all made from completely recycled components. They have a soft-touch coating and an antimicrobial treatment that prevents 99.9% of surface bacteria. And an added bonus is Incipio's phone case recycling program. So if you send back your phone case through the Incipio recycling program, you can get a 20% coupon off your next purchase from incipio you can buy the incipio duo case at verizon.com or from your local verizon store and also available to order from incipio.com once again happy is brought to you by incipio's new duo line of cases for the iphone 13 with full magsafe compatibility thanks to incipio for sponsoring the show um
1: one one more thing on the phone uh before we move on the so, so last year I had the 12 Pro Max, which had 2.5x as the zoom for the, for the third camera. Yeah. Um, before that it was 2x. So it was a half, half percentage uh, or, or half X jump there. Um, this, and it was only on the Max phone. This year it's 3x on both the Pro and Pro Max. So it's, it's a bit more, it's a bit gradual, you know, in, in the last two years I've gotten a half X each year. Um, but if you go from the the non max, you know, to any phone, then you get a, um, you know, go from two to three this year. Um, I I think the 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 higher zoom is awesome because um, you you can get things further away. I mean, it's as simple as that without any sort of digital zoom. Uh, what am I, what what makes me a little just what makes me think about it though is is you you do lose the ability i think right to to take a 2x photo without a yes yeah because it's digital zoom on, on on the 1x camera
0: yeah and the iphone sometimes will use the 1x camera in like lower light situations even if you're on 2x mode because it considers a digital crop of the wide angle lens to be superior to the uh, optical zoom of the 2x lens just because the uh aperture and the amount of light that like even it was more true on the 12s but even on the 13 the standard camera the light intake is just way higher than the other lenses so in certain situations before if you were at 2x mode it would still be using the 1x camera and just zoom in but now you're right every single time you take a 2x picture on the iphone 13 pro or pro max it will be cropping at 2x because it can only do the Optical once you pass that zoom level. So at 0.5x to 1x, you're always using the ultra wide lens. From 1x to 3x, you're always using the uh, standard wide camera. And then once you go past 3x, or as soon as you hit 3x, it uses the telephoto. And if you go past 3x, it's then doing digital zoom of the telephoto because it can't use the extra zoom until you reach the the boundary. So until you reach 3x, it's always going to be digital cropping the 1x camera.
1: Because they're fixed focal lengths, and and so I was taking a picture. It was it was in New Orleans. It was of an ice cream shop that smelled amazing. It was also a bakery, and in front of it was a a long dumpster full of garbage. And I took a picture because it's it's just so New Orleans to have. It smelled great over there. I did not notice the the trash can until I was further away and looked back. But I took a picture because it's like this is you know this trash can could be anywhere, but it's right in front of this bakery which smells amazing. And so. Took the picture and I was across the street, several lanes across the street, and so I, I did did the you know telephoto, uh, uh, but that was three X. but It was too close to get everything in the in the shot, um, and and so then I, I did one X and I'm thinking, well, this is a, nothing like what I have in my mind. You know, it, it, probably two X is what would work here. Um, maybe two and a half X, but but I'm not going to take a three X photo because it there's not everything isn't in the shot. It's not all in the frame. So I guess I'll take a, a 1x photo and then crop it. And that's that's what I did. But it just made me think, you know, it is it's, it's, I, I like that the uh, telephoto lens uh, zoom, you know, level has increased. It's it's just this is a trade off of these fixed millimeter, you know, fixed focus lenses is that, you know, we, we've now lost 2x. You know, we've gained 3x, we've lost 2x, so um, you know, in, in, unless you're OK with the, the, the digital you know, zoom levels.
0: Yeah, and because the the iPhone's been doing this trick of using the One X camera quite a lot of the time anyway, especially on earlier models, maybe it's not a big deal, but it's definitely something to be aware of. If you And I almost kind of wish that there was a setting in the camera app that was like, don't let me digital zoom ever. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, you're only yeah. allowed... Because that, that, the, the way they kind of compensate for it is if you just tap the 0.5 One X, 3X buttons, then it goes directly to those zoom ranges. But if you're doing like pinching with two fingers or if you're doing the thing where you scroll the slider, because you know, if you like scroll left to right, it comes up with that like circular dial thing. You're always going to have digital zoom on those increments between the 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 major ones. So it would be really nice if in the camera for people like us who you know we can crop afterwards. We just want the purity of uh actual of actual zoom. If there was just an option where it, like never let you go past the increment boundaries.
1: Yeah, yeah. If we ever get to a point in the future where you can have one lens on the iPhone that can change its focal point, that would
0: be really cool. So, do you think the camera apps getting too overstuffed, too complicated? I do not, because um, I know a lot I've, of people I've have seen been that, saying that, like the last week. Yeah, so. I've
1: seen that feed. I've seen that feedback from from reviewers, and I I just I turn everything on in the camera. I have everything. Off, but I have, but but I have like everything available as an option. Like I've got the ability to, you know, the option for raw right there. Um, I think that's something you you could say and never want to see that and it it would go away. Um, but I'm, I'm, it's probably because it's just been gradual. And I suppose if you go from like, I don't know, an iPhone 6 to an iPhone 13, it's a giant change. I think, was it the iPhone 10 where we got the big, the big change in the the way that it, it looks? Um, there was one year where the design was a lot different on on one phone. I believe it
0: was the eleven the eleven year. That's when they added okay. like the cause that's when they added the like capture outside the frame stuff. So you got the borders and it went mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so you could see like the the wider lens in the like the the translucent areas of the camera. And they added yeah. like that thing. Like the one thing that really makes that I think is dull about the camera is the thing they actually added with the eleven series where you have that little like arrow at the very top of the screen. That you can tap, and then it reveals the extra options at the bottom of the screen. Like it's like, mm-hmm. why is this arrow up here, but the options appear down here? Now the arrow's trying to suggest that yes, you can swipe up as well, but still, mm-hmm. it just that's the only time when I feel like the camera's a bit like full of features and maybe do with a bit of redesign. But that's nothing new about the iPhone 13. That's been the case since the iPhone 11 Pro series.
1: Yeah, I I, I would I would say that if I'm making a design critique, it would be that if you have big-screened phones where all the UI elements can fit then let there be the option to not have things be hidden away um i mean to go from camera to the music app it's where did the 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 repeat and shuffle button you know go this year um and no matter how big your screen is it's usually a swipe up to get to those to those things and they're pretty small too um but but the camera app i'm i'm okay with it and i'm still more comfortable in the camera app than using a third party camera app that has a, a sort of a competing interface um, just because uh, maybe I learned it gradually and everything, but but I've, I've got a good handle on it myself. And, yeah, I don't
0: and, think it's uh, too bad. I think they could carry on with this for a while. And like the mm-hmm. core, as long as the core essence of you open the camera app and you just press that button and you take a picture, as long as that isn't disturbed, which it isn't at the moment, then they haven't got a a pressing issue. Right. Right.
1: Yep. So, uh, next thing is, uh, this week I did go hands on <laughs> with the iPad mini, uh, six, the, the new redesigned version with the larger screen and slimmer bezels and everything. Um, no, I did not buy one. I only went to, uh, to Best Buy and it was out on display, a
0: purple model. And so I'm I proud of you, Zach, because I thought we were coming to this episode with you buying both. I'll be honest.
1: I mean there were times this week where I considered it but I talked myself out of it. I really like my iPad. <laughs> um and and I thought about it too and you know I, I was a little bit tempted to, to do the trade in on my kid's my son's iPad 4 to make the iPad 6 cost 329 and that's a major upgrade for that device but um also I was thinking about it you know and if I were to do that I I think it would be better just to to trade in the iPad mini for the iPad the 329 model. And then it's, I think it ends up being about 40 bucks to do that out of pocket cash. And then he gets a bigger screen and, you know, we, we put a big dumb case over it. So you're not going to notice the, the, the design, the design aesthetics of it. So, um, that's, that's where I've landed, which is that there's, there's not a need for this iPad mini besides it's nice. And if, um, it was, if it costs nothing and someone gifted it to me, I would love it and use it. But, um, for $500, Minimum. I, I just can't justify it. Um, but I did, I did play around with it. You know, I, I, I played around with the, the volume buttons, which as we know, moved from the side of the iPad mini to the top of the iPad mini across from the sleep wake button. Um, we had, uh, I saw a, t- a tweet this week, um, that mentioned that the volume button behavior had changed on the iPad mini. Um, and the way what changed is, um, when you, so when, when the buttons were on the side, like they are on other devices, then up increases the volume and down decreases the volume. And and this could be changed on any iPad in software at any point and, and would make sense. But what they've done with this Mini by default is the up and down are always volume increase, decrease even if you're holding it upside down and the buttons are go from the top left side to the bottom right side. Um, And then if you hold it, you know, in sort of wide orientation, then it's left, right, you know, go right to increase, go left to decrease. And it matches what you see on the screen with a little slider. So um, that's, that's pretty cool. And I I really don't know, you know, I, I hadn't thought of it before, but it makes a lot of sense. And, and I don't know why it wouldn't work with other iPads as well. Um, but it's just something unique to that iPad. Yeah, it's and a nice I have one.
0: They always try and make like the iPad be the device you can hold it. We're like, going back to the original, right? It was like it doesn't matter which way you hold it; you can hold it, and it do- it adapts to you. And that was never really true. And I'd say in more recent <laughs> years, they've definitely pushed the iPad more towards like a landscape only device, or at least landscape primary device. Um, I'm not sure where the iPad Mini lands because they have like it is kind of portraity, but also they've made it like super wide with the aspect ratio so again that's kind of a landscape layout but the, the just the volume buttons in isolation that's definitely a thing where it's like that just makes sense and it's just a nice little touch
1: yeah and i have it on good authority that the person who had shared the clip of this in action on the video his name is john hill i have in good authority that he is a happy hour listener oh nice yeah and now cool. i like this feature so, twice as much right <laughs> um so I, I was in best way i held that i put it on the buttons um I didn't realize that iPadOS has a, a an icon size toggle where the default is what you see without changing it. And you can go into your home screen settings and have a, a large icons option, which makes them sort of comically big without you increasing the entire interface. It's just that the tab targets are mm-hmm. increased. Um, and I... I tried once I realized it was on my 12.9 inch iPad. I tried it and it was just like really big and didn't make much sense to me. But, um, I first saw it on the iPad mini for myself and, and there it made some more sense because the, the tab targets are much smaller. If, if it's, you know, you've got a lot of icons on the screen on the dock, especially and they've shrunken down. Um, so that, that seems like, like it's
0: probably more appropriate for the mini. Um, did you notice oh, the uh, massive borders around like the home screen icons? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it didn't send out to me it didn't send out to me but I don't know it doesn't that doesn't bother me
0: especially in landscape but like I think this is a problem that affects all the iPads but yeah, the iPad Mini is the new one Um, Iris the way they've done it with iPadOS 15 they've obviously prioritized getting the widgets among the icons uh, and they've gone to like a fixed grid layout where it's like 6 by 5 or 5 by 6 or whatever Uh, but 6 by 5 layout it it doesn't quite work on like on the 12.9 inch iPad Pro there's gaps on the side and especially there's gaps in portrait and on the iPad Mini because it's that like squeezed aspect ratio where it's super landscape like it's it's more wide than it is tall by a decent margin compared to other iPads you see even more on that where you have your you know your six icons in a line and then they have like 200 pixel wide margins on the left and the right like it's it's okay but it doesn't feel optimal and I think there's more they can do there. Maybe on the iPad in a future generation, they drop the whole like fixed grid thing and you can literally just place them anywhere you want, maybe. I, I think the grid makes a lot of sense on the phone. It's a nice simplifying factor, but if you're going to the canvas of the iPad, the way they've done it in iPadOS 15, it doesn't feel like it's a done, a done and dusted deal. It feels still kind of work in progress-esque. So. Yeah,
1: my my iPad Pro 12.9 inch home screen, it has no widgets and, and no icons on the home screen. It's just a photo like 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 a Mac desktop would be if you, if you don't have anything on your desktop um and it's it's a SpaceX Starship up close picture where they were like stacking these two giant rockets together and i really like it um especially this big and my dock has seven icons including app library and then page 2 is app library if i could i would have app library on page 1 but you can't do that so you have to have at least one page there. And there's nothing uh, as a widget or an app icon that I want there that, that is better for me than just going to the app. Um, right now, this is how I'm using it at least. So I, th- I think I think yeah, well, we, we talked over the years about uh, OS versions that have home screen changes, you know, and there's never been just one big overhaul where they say, now you can have apps on the bottom or now you can have apps anywhere you want you know or customize where you put this or that it's it's very incremental what they've done over the years even if the big changes are like widgets you know it's never been in one one fell super they do all these big changes so uh um, maybe maybe we'll get there i don't know um but yeah so it's a, <laughs> i i, I did, didn't bother me too much on that the mini didn't notice it what i did notice was that the music app When I was in full screen, so the now playing uh, UI in full screen, it's, or when that is active, it's full screen versus on, on larger iPads where it's sort of an iPhone, a really tall iPhone version on the side Mm -hmm. and you see some of the, the UI from the music app in the background. And that's probably true on the other minis. Um, I, I, frankly, I don't, I don't, my, my son's is kind of disgusting. So I don't, I don't mess around with it very much. I just clean it every few days. Um, but it's it out to me as like, oh, there's this, you know, this is a sort of a premium tablet with this new design and everything, but it, but that, that's it out to me as, oh, that's more phone like than, than, um, than iPad like, you know, this full screen experience. So, um, but you know, ov- overall, uh, it, it's, I, I, I'm glad they made this, uh, iPad. I, I, I had a pencil in my backpack, but I didn't want to bring it out and, and Best Buy and like use it right there. Um, but I did like try like drawing with my finger and stuff and, I think that if in, I think in use, if I were trying to put some of what I do on the iPad onto this, that I would always just think this would be a little bit nicer if the screen were bigger, Mm -hmm. even though it's so compact. Um, like, like reading a book, I launched the books app and I had to crank the font size way up because the default was like tiny. Um, and I thought, "Uh, you know, I could probably do like two pages side by side in the same size on, on my iPad and it'd be okay for me um and then drawing it would be a bigger canvas if i were using the the biggest ipad pro you know so um it, it's a, it's a nice ipad um but uh and i i i, I got it out of my system
0: <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and you make a decent point about like the pricing that is probably now like in the premium zone so if you've got younger kids it's like although it's quite a nice form factor the mm-hmm the fact they've made it like 499 base and stuff, like it probably doesn't make logical sense to give kids like iPad minis. Uh, the base iPad at 329, it just, like it's a, you know, it's a $170 price difference or whatever and it just feels more kid-friendly in that way. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah,
1: if I put an iPad mini and the, what is it now, it's 10.2 inch iPad? Yep. So if I put the iPad mini and the 329 in front of my son, he's four i think he would probably pick up the bigger one <laughs> like i mean the processor is better in the mini and you know the design's better it works with the the new pencil like it's got usb c like it's a, it's a better tablet it's a better computer um but for for kids especially like even my my daughter is 8 now and for school she's able to use she has the the last generation 329 inch ipad and she's got a keyboard case, and you know it, it can be a laptop for her. But I think just having a smaller screen would be would be a setback for her in that case. And, and, and even though it's better in, on the inside in, in some ways, so it's it's an interesting uh iPad. I'm glad they made it. I'm glad it exists.
0: You know, uh, the was, question is now when do they next update it? Because
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's not super important, I think, because. What, what what they had before was like why are you still making this thing yeah you know, it, yeah why why bother at this point just end it if you're not going to really support it and and they've done sort of the the, the minimal the, the the minimum thing they could do to make it compelling for the next several years and that's give it the first redesign ever <laughs> it's good
0: yeah because just and again no inside knowledge here at all i think they'll probably just it will look like this for two more years third year they'll give it a processor bump and then it'll stay like that again for another two years and then maybe they'll eventually
1: it'll get it'll OG. get olad or yeah
0: yeah yeah i don't think they're gonna invest in it like they do the other ipads like i think it's they've given it a big update this year which is great but i think now you're gonna see it return to the schedule it's been on for the old generation where you know it gets a spec bump in a couple of years time maybe another spec mm-hmm. bump a year after that, and then maybe they start giving it, like, Face ID and stuff. I don't think it's going to become a core iPad in their lineup. Like, the the, the, the for, for its A, for the fact that it looks, like, outdated, the 320 and iPad, it gets an update every single year, right? The iPad Air so not manages. gets updates every 18 months, you know, pretty commonly. The iPad Pros, at least what, every other year, sometimes more frequently. I don't think the iPad Mini is going to be on that cadence. It's going to be like it was before, where it's more elongated.
1: Yeah, and if, if I didn't have the iPad Pro that I have now, if I were looking at just the the, the current lineup of iPads that are not the three twenty nine model, because I I really like the the you know slim bezels and and no no uh, home button, you know no no chin and forehead, um, and I was saying, well five hundred for a mini, what is it? Is it six hundred to go to the air? Yeah, and then eight hundred and a thousand. I'm guessing I don't know the the pro prices off the top of my head, but I think it's about like that. Um, it, it, you know, say I had a MacBook, you know, and I just and I wanted an iPad just for fun. I think the Mini is awesome for that. You know, if you've got a laptop and you're not going to use your iPad in any capacity like a laptop, um, this Mini I think is is pretty cool. The Air is not bad, um, but the Air gets into the territory of it can also replace your laptop. You know, for for a lot of a lot of what you do with it. So I think this is like. The best, most iPad, the iPad. <laughs> if, if you're looking for truly like to use it as a tablet. Yeah, like not, consumption
0: not, and not enjoy more it with video.
1: That. that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I like, I like, I'm not going to buy one, but I think it's a cool product. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'll end up with one
1: one day, but not, not today. <laughs> <laughs> not not saying. <soon. laughs>
0: Finally this week, Happy Hour is brought to you by ZocDoc. Has this situation ever happened to you? You need to see a doctor now. You search and you find one that looks good. And then you have to wait on hold to get an appointment. And then you have to rearrange your schedule to get a booking that works. And then when you finally get there, you find out the doctor doesn't even take your insurance. How frustrating is that? But there is a solution. You should just download the free ZocDoc app. It's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. Go to ZocDoc.com to get the app and sign up for free. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment either in person or via video chat. It's really that simple. You don't need to wait on hold with the receptionist ever again. And you can easily compare doctors by their ratings and read reviews written by real patients. ZocDoc spans the gamut of doctor services, with thousands of providers listed in one single app. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a psychiatrist, an eye doctor, or some other kind of specialist, ZocDoc has got you covered. Every month, millions of people are using ZocDoc. The ZocDoc app has a super clean and simple design, so booking in for an appointment is just as easy as adding an event to your calendar. And you can always be sure that they take your insurance plan. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. So now is the time to prioritise your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash hour and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. And many are available as soon as today. Once again, that's ZocDoc.com slash hour zocdoc dot com slash happy hour. Thanks to Zocdoc for sponsoring the show.
1: All right, man. Let's catch up. Uh, let's end this week on some catch up with with Apple TV Plus. Um, so a, a few few weeks ago, we, we had the Emmys. I watched with my aunt and uncle when I, when I was visiting. Um, it was, there was there a lot of Ted Lasso there. There was an information report that had some 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 uh, some, some stories, and then we got some premieres uh, from last week and this week. So um kick us off with that information report.
0: Yeah, for sure. So this is going back a few weeks now, but obviously the event and stuff like that got in the way, but the information had a pretty lengthy um feature article on the current state of Apple TV Plus. Uh its headline was something stupid like Apple TV Plus isn't a laughing stock anymore. It was something to that effect. Uh, yeah. yeah. Apple, a streaming punchline no more? Question mark. Like obviously that's a bit biased because the information has come from a pretty negative standpoint on the service. Uh they certainly weren't alone, but they were one of the publications that originally saw Apple TV Plus as a bit of a like a joke and a bit of going to be a failure. Um, I wouldn't call Apple TV Plus a runaway success yet, right? I think it's doing fine. It's growing. Uh, but at least they're swaying the opinions of uh, the information who have historically, basically, they, they called Eddie uh, Q like the dumb money of Hollywood, i.e. they don't know what they're doing. They're just giving money to stuff, right? Whereas now they're kind of changing their tune a little bit and in this uh story that had some you know editorial spin they actually had quite a lot of um details information yeah (laughs) information yeah the information it was a good report even though i don't agree with like the editorialization uh obviously apple hasn't released um subscriber numbers or kind of usage numbers or viewing hours or anything for apple tv plus so far uh you know a lot of the streaming services are pretty remiss about sharing information like that, but Apple is specific especially so uh in the information report though it said Apple TV plus has roughly forty million subscribers with about half of them paying that means about half from free trials um as a headline figure, I think that's actually pretty good like it's unclear what apple what this counts as a subscriber because you know you could get it through Apple One does that count as a subscriber you could get it through the Apple music student plan, you could get it through different many different ways um. But I don't think you know a year and a half in, basically, to the service with still you know a, a growing but small number of titles. What are we at like now, like seventy titles, uh, original titles, twenty million paying subscribers. I think that's decent. Like, obviously, it pales in comparison to you know Netflix and Disney and stuff like that. But it it has you have to see TV Plus as a slow burn, right? Like, what other service offers? you know quote only 70 shows and has 20 million subscribers like not many like and apple has to if they keep delivering compelling programming over the over time they will bring that they will bolster that number up over time like apple music which gives you literally unlimited access to pretty much all music in the entire world it took them like five years to get to 50 million subscribers i think if apple tv plus can match that performance they're doing great so obviously you can't compare them to the bigger players like if apple had bought a studio and spent you know the 10 billion 20 billion dollars or you know disney spent like 70 billion dollars buying fox and star wars and all this stuff for their service ultimately like if apple had done that then sure it's more fair to compare them to to those tiers but they haven't done that as it goes as it stands they seem to be doing all right they're obviously investing in the service. obviously it's not making them any money still uh you know their, their annual content budget seems to be in the range of about five billion dollars and if you multiply out five dollars times 40 million subscribers you're still not getting anywhere close but it has to be a lot you know an, an investment for them to to ramp up like that's what all these streaming services are doing almost every streaming service right now makes no money at all like profit wise netflix is going to be like cash flow positive next year so they're all they're all at this apple is playing the game and in fact in the information report it says they're going to start spending even more money because they're going to spend 500 million dollars marketing on marketing this year that includes like advertising and it includes deals for putting the like the Apple TV Plus burn on devices. So obviously we saw earlier this year they do it on the uh, Roku remote, right? Apparently there's going to be other deals like that in the in the in the coming weeks and coming months. So we might see it on like the Fire Stick and stuff too. Maybe they're going to get presence on um cable boxes because I think like Xfinity has like apps or maybe they're going to get like an app on the TiVo, stuff like that. That comes under that 500 million dollar marketing headline. Um and what's more exciting to me than, you know, the marketing numbers is that the information says it aims to release one new show or movie every single week next year, and that's approximately a doubling of, ha- of its output. Um, across 2020, they released, I think, 35 originals, across 2021, they're going to release 40. Uh, so in 2022, that number is apparently going to go up to at least 52, which is pretty great. Like, that means every single week next year, ac- assuming the information report is accurate. You have a new release from Apple, either a brand new movie or a brand new TV show every single week. And of course, alongside that, you will get the episodes of every other show that's going on at the moment and the returning seasons and stuff. But just in terms of raw new franchises, they're going to have over 50 next year, which I think like obviously I've always said they don't need to compete with the quantity and the pace of like Netflix just in terms of raw output. But you need to have more than like, you know, one every couple of weeks, which is what they're at at the moment. I think getting to one a week, either like a blockbuster movie or you know a good quality show, launching every single Friday, that's a pretty good showing. Because even if you don't like the thing that comes out this Friday, there's a decent shot you'll like something that comes out the Friday after or the Friday after that. That's a that's a much better place to be. And so if they can sustain like one a week output, I think they're in they're in good shape. Um, and then obviously on the Emmys side, uh, they did win. They had 20 nominations and they end up winning seven, all for Ted Lasso, essentially. Sorry, they won seven Ted Lasso, they won 11 Emmys in total. Uh, they're doing fine on the award circuit, obviously. Like, <sighs> Apple wants drama recognition, right? Like, it's great that they're getting this all this recognition for Ted Lasso. It's a service watch, two years old, and they're beating the other streaming services to, like, the best comedy award at the Emmys. Like, obviously, that deserves some praise. The next job for Apple is to get a drama series that's as popular, as widely recognized critically as their comedy side. They've 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 managed comedy with Ted Lasso, they've struck gold there. Now it's up to them to do the same on the drama side. Because, you know, like it or not, the drama category at the Emmys is considered the most prestigious. So that's their next target, right? Like winning best comedy series, winning, you know, best actor for comedy is great. But the the most coveted prizes are best drama, best actor in a drama, best actress in a drama. And today, Apple hasn't quite, you know, they're not necessarily expected to reach it within their first 18 months. But that's obviously where their eyes are set on. You're not spending $100 million on this TV show, $200 million on this TV show, $200 million on this TV show. You're not spending that kind of money and not wanting, you know, that top accolade and that top recognition. So... I'd say Apple's done well with comedy. Obviously, they can't rely on Ted Lasso forever. They're gonna to have to, you know, expand the catalog, and they are doing that. But now the pressure is really on the drama side to bring the same kind of results. Because if Apple right now had a drama that was as popular, as widely talked about, as well known, you know, as Ted Lasso has been for comedy, T plus would be in a fantastic position. It would be really popular. Mm-hmm. But as it stands right now, they've got the hit on comedy with Ted Lasso. We're still waiting for the other shoe to drop, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because one of their big efforts was Foundation, right? The big sci-fi show. And I've been waiting for this for ages. Uh, It debuted last week with two episodes. Uh, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I think they could have been better. The episodes are a bit overstuffed. I'd say they're trying to tackle too much in one go. They're introducing so many concepts and so many characters. I, even as like a big sci-fi fan, I was a little lost. Like, I'll keep watching it and the visuals are stunning. Like, they obviously spent so much money, you know, on the sets and the CGI and everything. But the raw story, at least in the first two episodes, I'd call it a little weak. I'm hoping it gets better and the reviews from critics has been very across the board. Some people say it's like very average. Some people say it's great uh, if you stick with it and stuff. Uh, I think once they get over the initial hump of introducing all the characters, introducing all the concepts, because foundation is pretty complicated, right? And I, I they try to tackle like five different groups of people in the first episode, where I think it probably would have been better if they'd have just done like two or three and then brought the others in, you know, in subsequent weeks rather than trying to stuff it all into one go. Uh but as it stands, I'd say the on ramp for this show is pretty high. Like you have to stick with it, I think. And We'll see how the season develops. I'm I'm hoping it goes to a satisfying conclusion and I believe it's already been... It hasn't been officially announced but uh, production on Season 2 is underway so it's going to continue uh, but out the gate I'd say it hasn't quite met the mark of what I was hoping for. Visuals are stunning. Story and writing, not quite there. Um, And then the other big show that's hit Apple TV Plus uh, literally today as we record is The Problem with Jon Stewart. So that's uh, the first outing of Jon Stewart since he quit the uh, Daily Show like five or six years ago. Uh, this is the big show. This is the first uh, release that's executive produced by Richard Plepler, the ex-HBO CEO. That's part of his uh, production deal with Apple. And obviously, Jen Stewart is a huge name. It's a great get for them. Uh, I haven't actually watched the new episode, the, the, the new show yet, but that's uh, that series comes out uh, fortnightly. So every other week, you get a new installment of uh, Jon Stewart. And it, it seems to be aiming for a bit more of a serious tone than like, the satire of The Daily Show. Uh, it's, you know, it's one subject over a whole hour. And there is jokes and it is funny, but it's it's more serious. They're trying to actually, like, get across a core point. Uh, like, the first episode's about war and the, the support that you give for veterans and stuff. So it's not just like a, ha-ha, let's laugh at the news, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's cool when we'll see how, see how well it's done and how it's received. Like, streaming in general, they haven't had... Like across all services, I don't think they've had the same kind of like success finding like a talk show format that people really cling on to. Even Netflix has gone through like five or six different hosts of various different talk shows and none of them have really stuck. Uh, So we'll see if Apple can uh, fare any better there. John Stewart is obviously a huge name. So getting him on board is, uh, has to be a positive for the service.
1: Yeah. Describe the video, the promo video they they did this week.
0: Uh... (laughs) Yeah, that was hilarious. So ahead of um, the problem with John Stewart coming out, uh stuart posted this video on twitter where it was like posed as a skit on those like you know for only two dollars a month you can stop poverty in south africa like those kind of like tv commercials uh Mm -hmm. it was like that it was um shot in black and white obviously it's satirical and it was like you can help the scourge of missed content how do you get to see my show I, I can't deliver it as well as Stuart did, but it was like yeah, a yeah. big, a big joke on the fact that like people don't know what Apple TV Plus is, they don't know how to get it, they don't know how to watch it, and it was like this little, like two minute skit that's just, uh, it was funny. You should, if, even if you yeah. don't want to watch his show, you should just watch that like ad. Apple should just run that ad on TV because it was right. a pretty good awareness it's just,
1: it's, it's campaign. A, <laughs> yeah, I mean on their part, they're saying we have great content, no one's seeing it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought that was great too. Um, I've I've watched the first ten minutes of Foundation. Um, I was, I was on the, my iPad Pro at the gym and I, I, I was hooked enough into it that I thought I I already worked out for a full hour and I I want to just sit down on the couch and watch this on TV. I I think this is going to be pretty good. Um, I just haven't gone back to sit down on the couch and watch it yet. I'm in the process of, uh, moving this week. And so it's just, um, next week, next week, I'll, I'll have that ability to just, you know, binge, uh, I guess three hours or four hours of, 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 uh, Foundation. If I if I like it, um, I'll check out the problem with that. The problem with uh, John Stewart um this weekend, though, because that, that's something I can you know enjoy on the, on the iPad and not feel like I need to be in a proper theater environment for. Um, the 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 Emmys with all the Ted Lasso wins. Um, I enjoyed watching that. I, I mean, we just I, I just kind of stumbled into the living room and they had that on TV and, um. It was a lot of I don't recognize any of these shows from them, and then I said, well tad lasso that's a, i've seen that's a big one you know it's, it's on apple service and um and and I think that was sort of a uh a, a push for them to want to get apple t v plus because they they've heard a little bit about that they've heard about the morning show and and then I told them about apple one premiere and and they they got that and saved some money and uh yeah so so I was thinking about that there are probably people that, that you know in your lives who would like what's on apple tv plus you know one show or two shows at least and they don't know about it yet and the, the john stewart thing really nulled out so um yeah I, I, it all ties in together i like that
0: yeah and i'm, I'm obviously happy that they're going to be investing to get the rate of content released up to one a week i obviously want the tv app to get better uh we're not going to talk about that again this week but the other The other like flagpole I think that Apple really needs to do is to get an Android app out there for mm, smartphones sure. and tablets because they cover you know almost all the platforms you can imagine for like streaming Google, Google TV TV box including Google, Google TV but the website sucks and if you have an Android phone you, you they, like you can't even sign up technically through the website if you even want to watch the website it asks you to use like iTunes on the computer to make your account like they, they have Apple Music on Android they should put Apple TV app on Android as well so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it all comes in one big drop where they like revamp the TV app they make it great and they're also like hey and now it's on Android too but that's that's the pipe dream we'll see if they can deliver on that nice
1: alright and finally this week I want to introduce a new segment Mayo that is called does the Apple Watch Series 7 have a release date yet <laughs>
0: And this week, the answer is no, <laughs> beyond later this fall. Wasn't there um, some Hermes was- thing that, like, someone asked Hermes and they had, like, a date for it? Yeah, someone
1: asked Hermes about the Apple Watch Series 7 release, and they said pre-orders will begin on October 8th. You know, I don't know if that's good enough to run with or not. We didn't post it, um, but, you know, may- maybe, we'll see. But uh, as of this week, there's no release date beyond later this fall. So
0: I- I'm skeptical of October 8th, just because I feel like, if if pre-orders were starting then they would have just said it at the event. It'd have been yeah like, yeah pre-orders start you know October or pre-orders start early October. Like the fact that they said later this fall, it just immediately makes me click onto like late October or early November. You know like right right the yeah. fact that someone asked Hermes and they immediately had an exact date like four days after the event ended like. That's why I put a bit of scepticism on that because it just feels like yeah. if they knew it was going to be October 8th in the beginning, they would have just said that date because it's not that far away. But the fact they specifically said later this fall, I-, I think the end of October is when pre-orders will be and then it will go on sale like first or second week of November.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. So this segment
0: will stick around for a while. What will come out first, the Apple Watch or the M1X MacBook Pro? The M1X MacBook Pro. <laughs> um...
1: That is the happy hour podcast for this week. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please, uh, subscribe to the ad free version. If you, if you like us that much, we really appreciate the ad free, um, subscribers on Apple podcast. Um, you can also give us feedback at happy at nine to five mac.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Apollo Zach. That's a P O L L O Z A C. And Benjamin, Benjamin, you're on Twitter at B said amen. Definitely. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.